everyone. Welcome to the latest episode of uh, Turing's Triple Helix, the podcast channel for Scotland's AI strategy. I'm Steph. I'm the uh, head of the Scottish AI Alliance Support Circle. I'm Will Millership, uh, Communications and Events Officer for the Scottish AI Alliance. And we're both in the team based at the Data Lab, uh, supporting the Scottish Government in the delivery of Scotland's AI strategy. Today, uh, we have with us uh, Kathleen Mott and Ron Schmelzer, hosts of Cognolytica's Amazing AI Today podcast, who are now in their fifth season, and I believe they've done over 200 episodes, so they are uh, veterans of the podcast world. And um, and it's great that uh, we have this opportunity to do a kind of host swap with them. Um, we have uh, we had them interview uh, Albert King, uh, Chief Data Officer for Scotland earlier about Scotland's AI strategy. And here we are interviewing them um, about their fantastic podcast, uh, which has many thousands of listeners. Uh, so hello and welcome, Ron and Kathleen. Yeah, welcome. Thanks so much for having us today. We're really excited to be here. Yeah, thank you so much for having us on your podcast. Fantastic. So we'll kick up with a few questions uh, and uh, we'll, we'll get some chat going. So um, uh, would you like to start uh, either Kathleen or Ron uh, by introducing Cognolytica and telling us a bit about what it is you do and a bit about the AI Today podcast? Sure. So hi, everybody. I'm Kathleen Walsh. I'm a managing partner and principal analyst at Cognolytica. We're an AI-focused research, advisory, and education firm. And we have been around for about five years now. Um, as you mentioned, we're also hosts of the very popular AI Today podcast that has also uh, been around since 2017. So we're coming up on our fifth year of the podcast. And at Cognolytica, like I said, you know, we're focused on artificial intelligence machine learning, cognitive technologies, um, as well as, you know, so how organizations are adopting AI. And we have about 50 plus coverage areas on artificial intelligence and, you know, different areas related to that. The podcast started when we started Cognolytica because we wanted to find out what companies, organizations, and governments were really doing with artificial intelligence and cognitive technologies. And so we're over 200 episodes now into the podcast, 200 plus episodes in, and we have interviewed various thought leaders from both public and private sector on how they are actually adopting AI. And we had the opportunity to interview Albert King. That So I encourage your listeners to check out that AI Today podcast, as well as other podcasts where we've interviewed other thought leaders on the subject. We also at Cognolytica have a bunch of reports, obviously, as, as an analyst firm. And one of our reports is about AI strategies, so global AI strategies at a country level. And we cover from Afghanistan to Zimbabwe and all the countries in between on how they are actually, uh, you know, building a strategy for AI. And I'll let Ron introduce himself. Yes, hello, everybody. And thank you for having us on your podcast. Um, I'm also, I'm Ron Schmelzer. I'm a managing partner and principal analyst at Cognolytica as well. As Kathleen mentioned, Cognolytica, we're a research advisory and education firm. You may think of us as an analyst firm that covers the market for what is actually happening in terms of AI implementation. So we cover over 20,000 vendors in the space. And as part of our coverage areas, as Kathleen mentioned, over 50 uh, we look at both the adoption side of AI, you know, who the enterprises and the organizations of all types who are 
trying to put AI into practice, as well as the technology providers. Those are all those vendors who are producing technology solutions in the market. Clearly, there has to be a place where they meet in the middle. You know, solution providers have to be providing things that enterprises need and want to use. And one of the things that we have found, especially in the last two years, is that enterprises and organizations of all types in both the public and private sector, just running into all these difficulties in putting AI projects into place. You may have heard uh, quotes, statistics quoted on the failure rate of AI projects being in 70, 80, 90% of projects failing. And a lot of times it's because of, of, of really the misalignment of expectations and all these other reasons, including data quality and data quantity that have plagued these organizations. So it should be no surprise that we've been on a bit of a kick in the last few years to really focus on methodology, which is doing AI right. Um, and also doing area right, not just from a process and methodology perspective, that's through the CPMAI best practices methodology, but also doing AI right from an ethical and responsible perspective is that word right, being right and doing things the right way, which is now really becoming front and center uh, for all that. So that's just a quick introduction uh, into ourselves and Cognolytica. Thank you very much. Um, you've already touched a bit on my next question, but it's more about the AI Today podcast. So why did you guys start the podcast and kind of what are the main aims of the of the podcast in general? Sure. So, you know, we really started the podcast because we wanted to find out what was really going on today with AI. And, you know, we started back in 2017. So we have been able to interview incredible people and, you know, really find out how organizations of all sizes are implementing AI, how various government agencies across the world are implementing AI. And then in addition to that, we also wanted to dig into use cases and, you know, how different industries are adopting AI. So we have a use case series podcast that we've done. We've also had an educational series podcast. So we talk about, you know, different areas that we've seen. Uh, one of our most recent podcasts was about thinking and acting like a data scientist. As Ron mentioned, we also are advocates for best practices, CPMAI, that's Cognitive Project Management for AI Methodologies. So we talk about that as well, and also why projects fail, why AI projects fail, and how they're different than you know application development projects, and why you need to be thinking about it differently, why you need more of a data-focused methodology for artificial intelligence. And then also we talk about ethical and responsible AI as well. We also produced a report we covered, you know, we looked at 60 plus ethical frameworks uh, across the, the world from different companies, different countries, multinational uh, organizations as well, and said, you know, where where are people really going here? And because they're not always apples to apples, especially to some of the wording and the terminology that they've used. Uh, so that's another thing that we do too. And it's just really important. We're focused on the now with AI. There's a lot of podcasts that focus on maybe future applications or theoretical applications, a lot of research as well. Some podcasts also focus on news and kind of what's what's hot right now with uh, the buzz around AI. But, you know, you can have a spin on that as well, especially if, if you're covering media stories. So we really wanted to get the real deal on what's going on. That's fantastic. Thank you very much, Kathleen. Um, 
So, you know, kind of moving quite nicely on to like our strategy, <laughs> which I, I, I hoped you had a chance to look at. Um, uh, it'd be great to know what you think of Scotland's AI strategy. And in particular, you know, our intention to put people and society at the center of the strategy. Yeah, I, I think uh, that's part of what makes the Scottish AI strategy both compelling and unique. And uh, I would say really forward thinking uh, kind of where we are at this at this point. You know, um, we, we, have, we have heard a lot of uh, enterprises and a lot of, of um, technology firms have really been driving a lot of the story about AI, whether it's promising full self-driving vehicles or the use of facial recognition or chatbots and natural language systems or the predictive analytics systems that we're seeing or pattern and anomaly detection. All of our listeners know that we talk about these things in the context of the so-called seven patterns of AI, right? Very much a technology-driven uh, conversation. But we're, we're rapidly entering a world where people want to hear other voices on, on AI, um, mainly because, I, not to say that a lot of vendors have sort of eroded their trust with, with their customers, but, but there has been a lot of that. You know, people are afraid that, you know, there's, there's that notion that if you're not the customer, you're the product, right? Uh, which is, you know, a lot of social networks and search engines and, and this and that, you know, applications that are sort of free to the user, but, but really free comes at a cost, right? And that cost is that you're generating data and that data is being monetized in the form of advertising or sales, that sort of stuff. And there's a fear that these are the very same companies that are, are pushing forward and motivating where we are with AI. And there's a concern that, that if there's no um, sort of guidance around it, it may end up in a direction that is not necessarily in society's best interest. So when we see governmental organizations coming forth and saying, hey, we want to take a leadership position here. We're not going to just wait to see how the market evolves and, and let it you know, come to its own uh, conclusions. We'd like to drive this thing uh, forward and really focus uh, where the the industry needs to evolve, where our our constituents need, and how they need to interact, and they should interact. And that's what I think the Scottish AI strategy is really very much thought uh, leaning in that way. And actually, something we talked about in our podcast as well, and we're linking to it. Um, that the focus, of course, is on sort of the the end user benefit and the societal benefit and issues of, of fairness and equality and transparency and trustworthiness and reliability and responsibility and ethics. I mean, all these, these sort of uh, things, inclusive and inclusivity, um, these are not just sort of like, um, you know, kind of nice to, to, to talk about or nice conceptual things. These are absolute necessities because if we evolve into a society that's becoming increasingly more dependent on technologies that will make decisions on our behalf or mediate our decisions or put us in vehicles where we literally cannot drive them, we need to have trust. And without trust, it's, it's very hard to see this forward. So I, I think we're very positive about that. I don't know if Kathleen wants to add, but I, I think it's, it's exactly what we need at this point in, in the evolution of, of AI. Yeah, you know, we really appreciate that countries are saying this is so important. This needs to be a core part of our AI strategy, because as Ron mentioned, you know, it's it's really hard to get trust and really easy to lose trust. So once you've lost that trust from citizens, then they most likely are going to not want to use that AI solution. They'll use something else. And, you know, all, all that work and effort that you've put into building these great systems will just, you know, 
be for nothing because people won't want to use it. So I think, and, and, you know, we, on some of our podcasts, we talk about this as well, because, you know, ethical, responsible use of AI is becoming a, a general theme that I think folks are really paying attention to and talking more about. And you need to be building these systems with that in mind, with, you know, ethical um, frameworks in mind and responsible frameworks in mind. And so I think it's great that this is a very core part of your strategy. That's fantastic. You guys have pretty much covered what I was going to ask next, you know, about you know, the, the three cornerstones of our strategy, which is trustworthy, ethical, and inclusive. And, you know, these we, we believe these are absolutely key to technology. And, and like you said, a lot of the narrative is driven by the technology and not actually what it means for the users. And, and we're really keen to, you know, make sure that the emphasis is how can it benefit society? How can it make people's lives better? Because ultimately, I like to think that's what technology should be there for. Uh, and, you know, so um, a bit naive, perhaps, but uh, optimistic. <laughs> and, uh, but uh, no, that's great. Thank you so much. Uh, you obviously did, uh, did cover that question. So I'm going to hand you over to Will for the next couple of questions. Yeah, so we've spoken about our, our themes, you know, the themes of our um, strategy. And during AI Today, you've had, you know, hundreds of guests you must have seen across all of your episodes. So I'm just wondering, what are some of the other themes you've come across, some of the top themes you've come across? Are there any kind of uh, main themes? And what do you think that we should be focusing on in general with regards to AI, both now and in the future? Sure. So, you know, I think that some main themes that we have, we always talk about, you know, how AI is actually being applied today. So we've we get a lot of discussion around data, the use of data, um, you know, how companies need to be looking at that data, all, all of that stuff. So that that's one theme. Another theme that we see is and when we talk about AI, we like to talk about AI within the seven patterns of AI, because if I'm talking about AI and you're talking about AI and somebody else is talking about AI, we might not all be talking about the same thing that kind of falls under this very broad umbrella of AI. I may be talking about an AI enabled chatbot. You may be talking about a predictive maintenance system. Someone else may be talking about, you know, a facial recognition system. And they're all within AI, but they're not all the same. So we like to talk about the seven patterns of AI as well. That's hyper-personalization, where you're treating each individual as an individual, or the recognition pattern, which is making sense of unstructured data, the conversational pattern. So how humans can interact with machines, machines to humans, or also humans to humans with things such as translation. Uh, you know, predictive analytics. So that's how you make sense of past or current data to help humans make better decisions. We have patterns and anomalies patterns. So that's where you're able um, to dig into the data and see different, different patterns in that data, see outliers in that data. Think fraud detection as a great example there. Autonomous systems. So this is where, you know, you're really taking the human out of the loop to, uh, to do things so you can think about, uh, I mean, I always like to think about autonomous vehicles, but it can be autonomous business processes as well. And then also goal-driven systems. So this is where uh, really using reinforcement learning, trying to find the most optimal path through a maze, uh, for example. So that's another theme that we talk about on the podcast where you know we say, okay, how are you implementing one or more of these seven patterns? And give our listeners some examples because 
another thing that we found is that everybody thinks their problem is unique, whatever it is, whatever industry they're in, they think their problem is unique and it's really not. So the more that we can have these discussions and say, look, we've seen this problem in a different industry very similar data was used or was needed or the problem was the same, uh, you know, and, and this is what they did. People really like to see those concrete examples. And so we always we always like to talk about examples on our podcast. And I'll let Ron talk a few more about some of the common themes. Yeah. And it, it's really very interesting what we have seen and actually a bit of an evolution over these past four years into what those themes are. You know, a lot of the early podcasts were kind of much more sort of like knowledge and concept and understanding and education and talking about things like what is hyper-personalization? What is augmented intelligence? I mean, we still have those conversations. Those terms aren't exactly the most wide, widely used terms around, but like a lot of it now has turned into, um, well, you know, I'm trying to basically achieve some, some sort of outcome, right? And, and I think that, you know, using machine learning and some of these technologies may help me achieve an outcome that I could not achieve any other way. Uh, you know, there's a, a better understanding of the fact that really what machine learning is for is we're trying to use the machine to derive the understanding of the system from the data, because the alternative would be either a human doing that thing or trying to program it, but you really can't program facial recognition. It's not that you can't write a program to do it. It's like, actually pretty impossible, but you could train a system to do that. And so systems where you could train are good, but then people start realizing, wait a second, if the program is derived from the data, then it all based on the quality of the data. And we're like, yeah, bingo, right? Wrong data, bad quality data, biased data, whatever. That's what your <laughs> garbage in, garbage up. That's what your systems become. So it's become, it's funny because it's almost like AI is in some cases, a bit of a head fake where it's like, we're talking about AI, but really we're talking about data management. We're talking about data quality. And so we end up getting into this discussion. Data engineering has really evolved. Uh, I don't think people were really talking about data engineering. when we first started the podcast, 2017, 2018, it's not that it didn't exist. It just was like, oh, there's something there. Now people are like, data science is cool, but data engineering is sort of like without the plumbing, you know, this this uh, system will overflow, right? You know, however you want to connect the sewage idea in there, garbage in, garbage out. So, uh, so, so we are definitely seeing seeing um, quite a bit, in, quite a bit around that. The reason why ethics is kind of funny, even though I didn't didn't really ask about that with regards to this question, ethics and responsibility, I really has, has come about a lot lately. It's not just because people are trying to be on the right side of corporate governance or something like that. It's because the erosion of trust is, is real. Um, you know, you have situations now, I mean, obviously you can think of what's happening in the pandemic and public health where people are just like, like, I can't trust the government. I can't trust the, the companies. I can't trust anybody. And so instead they're turning to really bad sources of information saying, I'm going to trust that. We're like, why would you trust that? Of all the places, why would you trust it? Because there's an erosion of trust and the erosion of trust is real. And, and um, to, to sort of like, like all we're trying to, this idea, this, this comes a lot when you talk about automation projects where people are concerned about job loss and job replacement. But the truth of the matter is, as we tell people, it's like, it's one thing to automate a job or a task. 
It's another thing to automate your work. These two things are not necessarily correlated. Your job might be customer service, but if you're spending four out of every eight hours of the day putting data into systems and taking data out and wrestling, that's not really your your work. That's not what you're trying to accomplish. It's not your job, right? That's the work. Maybe I had it backwards, right? Your job is customer service, but the work you do may not be related to that. If we could take that bit, which is non-productive, and give that to a machine, which would be more productive, then you can be much more productive. And that's kind of what we're starting to, to see is more of this understanding of, of sort of the importance of the relationship between uh, you know, people and their, and their concerns and their fears and, and legitimate issues um, and sort of bringing that all much earlier in the conversation uh, for, for putting these projects together. Well, thank you very much, both of you. Those fascinating answers, and yeah, putting putting people first and bringing those that into the conversation earlier is exactly what we're about in the um, in the Scottish AI Scotland's AI strategy. Um, yeah, I'll put a link to the seven patterns of AI section from your website so that our listeners can read a bit more about it. That's also really interesting. Seven uh, themes you picked up on there. So just a final question for me is about another aim of our strategy, which is to demystify AI. So, you know, AI has this big kind of um, mystery around it, especially in the general public. So what do you think can be done to kind of help uh, this process of demystification demystification as such? Well, great you bring that up. I know that, honestly, a lot of what we spend a lot of our time doing is education, mostly executive education. We're not here to supplant universities or MOOCs or online education. There's tons of that, by the way. There's lots of great online uh, sources of information, both from academic institutions and nonprofits and all sorts of great stuff. Lots of, lots of good stuff. But we spend a lot of our time uh, explaining it from an, uh, this executive position, whether it's corporate business executives or governmental executives, because it's more about aligning expectations. The one the, I, we like to talk about this a lot. One of the weird things about AI that's different from, say, internet or mobile tech or cloud or, or whatever is that um, the average person has some picture in their head when they think about artificial intelligence that usually comes from science fiction. You know, whether it's movies like Star Wars or Star Trek or The Terminator or Jetsons even, you know, or whatever, Wally, they just have this idea. You say, I'm building an AI system and they go, oh yeah, it's like gonna be this thing from this movie. And you're like, no, 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 no. It's nowhere near that. It's like this. And they're like, that's AI. And I think the, the irony of it is that a lot of education is almost like, I don't say it's re-education. It's more like realignment. It's sort of like, you know, what you think of as artificial general intelligence, which we haven't quite figured out. Great institutions in the UK and Scotland and elsewhere are thinking about trying to figure out AGI. That may, that's a classically difficult problem. We may never see the solution to that in our lifetimes. And maybe we are, maybe we're a breakthrough or two away. But what we're talking about is these sort of narrow, we call narrow intelligence. So like what we're trying to do is let's say, okay, well, if you can have a conversation with a person and you can achieve some outcome, wouldn't it be nice if you can have a conversation with a machine that could be automated and give you that same outcome? You know, whether it's order status or help with your finances or your healthcare or whatever it is, right? That's what we're trying to accomplish. So a lot of the education is much more around realignment of expectations and, and terminology and kind of where things currently stand and understanding the fundamentals of machine learning 
and and the and the the necessity for data. A lot of it's now really being being based on trying to understand and reposition um, sort of the importance of data. But that that's sort of a one good one good place. Maybe Kathleen, you want to add more on the education front. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. You know, I think that one thing that we do too, and we have done since the beginning, is it's important for people to understand what AI can do and what AI is not best suited for. You know, sometimes people say, oh, AI, you know, you get this idea that it can be this generally intelligent machine and you go, well, I want it to do this and this and this, and I'm just going to jump right to this. So think about autonomous vehicles, for example. You know, you go from this fully human driving vehicle to this fully autonomous vehicle and you're like, well, okay, great. I'm just, I want that. And it's like, okay, but like take a step back. There's levels of autonomy and we need to take those different levels and we need to get to that slowly. So at Cognolytica, we always say, think big, start small and iterate often. So have your end goal in mind, make sure that it's a problem that AI can solve and then, you know, start small. So do just, you know, one aspect of that and then continue to iterate often. And actually with our best practices methodology, CPMAI methodology, we talk about that as well. You know, we have this, the, the first phase is a business or an organizational understanding where we say, okay, make sure that you're actually solving a real problem and make sure that AI can solve that problem. All right, it can. Okay, now we can move to the next phase, which is our data understanding phase. And you know, we we talked through this with real world examples as well. I think that's another way to demystify, demystify AI. Just say, okay, this is what it can do. This is what it can't do. Let's be realistic with our expectations. Let's make sure that you know we're building this in an ethical and a responsible way as well, which is also in phase one of the methodology that we're focusing on that. And that we also have an understanding of what failure looks like. And we have an understanding of what success looks like because AI is not going to be 100% accurate. What is your threshold for accuracy? Is it 80%? Is it 97%? And make sure that we're understanding that as well. I think once you take all of that into play, then, you know, people can understand, okay, this is what AI can do. This is not AI. I shouldn't be concerned necessarily with this, you know, a thing that is going to take over the world tomorrow. And people will um, have realistic expectations. And we want to make sure that, you know, we always we always are in alignment with that. That's great. No, thank you very much. I mean, absolutely. I mean, in terms of demystifying AI, a very large part of it is debunking AI myths. You know, like I'm, I'm a big fan of Gary Marcus. Uh, you guys, are, I assume, I, I love hearing him talk because it's just like, you know, his example of, you know, if the robots are coming, how can you deal with it? Well, just shut the door, you know, or something like that. Go up some stairs or, you know, yeah, put on something stripey, you know, and, and they'll be confused. And I just love that because it's this, you know, media encouraged image of AI. And um, and then what you're saying about, you know, getting people to understand, is AI really going to solve your problem? Because AI is one of these, you know, buzzwords, a bit like blockchain was a few years ago, right? Where everyone's like, oh my God, we must do blockchain because that's the solution to all our problems. It's like, well, no, not really. And, and AI is very much in that. And, and, you know, some of the work we do at Data Lab as Scotland's Innovation Center for Data and AI is to help companies understand that, you know, kind of uh, go through, you know, data and AI maturity assessments, you know, you can't talk about doing, you know, data analytics and stuff 
or AI if you don't have the data, you know, just trying to get them to understand that there are prerequisites to this. It's not like you can just push the AI button and all your problems will be solved. Uh, so no, that's that's really fantastic. Thank you so much. Um, well, I think, you know, we'll kind of bring this to a close with a, a few more things, uh, but um, I think a, a last kind of less AI specific question, you know, uh, you guys are obviously podcast veterans. We are podcast rookies. And, uh, you know, if, if you had any top tips to give us or anyone else, you know, uh, we'd love to hear it. Well, first of all, you guys are doing a fantastic job hosting this podcast. So just keep that up. You know, um, a lot of good for, for the listeners who are listening to this podcast, I guess, if you're interested in starting your own podcast, we can provide that. But also maybe you can just overhear podcaster to podcaster, a little advice here. I mean, obviously, the, the, the big recommendation for all podcasters is just be consistent. Just keep podcasting. Never stop. There's a thing in the podcast industry called podcast fade where people do like 10 episodes and they kind of like kind of let it go because it takes effort, maybe because you run out of content ideas or something like the first 10 ideas and the next 10 are difficult. So always, you know, just like, you know, plan in advance, you know, have like a nice long uh, uh, calendar, have a nice long, you know, plan and just just be consistent every week, you know, have a podcast and some some episodes people will like more than others. You don't have to hit it out of the park for every single one. But, um, you know, consistency really matters. I mean, that's, that's sort of one thing. I know, Kathleen, we, we can go back and forth. We got a bunch of little ideas. Sure. Yeah. So consistency is key, like Ron said. Also being ahead a little with your podcasts. So maybe be two or three or four episodes ahead in recording so that they're ready to go. Uh, otherwise, you're going to be very reactionary and you're going to get your podcast out and then you're going to say, okay, great. I got it out. Oh, but now I got to think about the next topic and I have to record my podcast and maybe do some research or find a guest. So be a few weeks out as well. And also put together that calendar so that you are consistent on the days that you're publishing. With AI Today podcast, we publish every Wednesday. So our listeners know to expect a new episode every Wednesday. That's another thing that that I think is is very important, you know, with that consistency publishing on the same day as well. Mm -hmm. The other general advice is kind of like know what you're what you're trying to get out of your podcast. Know what it's for. Know who your audience is, which is really important. Which is that um, are you you just trying to? Is this something out of personal interest? And you're like, I'm really interested in this subject, so I'm going to podcast because I'm interested in it, and I'm going to interview people that I find interesting, and you might find them interesting too. Hopefully, we share the same interest. There are actually certainly a lot of podcasts like that. There's some podcasts that are trying to like you know, communicate a particular story or pers perspective, you know, maybe that's the ones that, you know, companies and corporations and organizations do. They're like, they have like a, a mission or an objective and, and, you know, this is kind of like, it's like a means to, to doing that. And you have to make sure that your audience is attracted to, to that story. There's certainly people who run um, podcasts sort of like as a, um, you know, as sort of like a business or like, you know, thinking of it like, you know, building like a YouTube audience, building an audience, in which case you have to, to um, certainly a lot of the, there are these podcasts that are of this sort of like story genre, which is sort of like, um, you know, kind of like that journalistic uh, storytelling mode. And then you're trying to build an audience of people who like that stuff, murder mysteries or technology, actually a bunch of technology ones that are, that are, uh, that are like that. There's this new sort of cybersecurity. I shouldn't call it new. It's actually been around for a while. There's a cybersecurity oriented uh, podcast. Um, I'm blanking on the name of the moment, but it's actually now one of the top four or five podcasts. And they basically tell a cybersecurity story like 
okay, let's tell you about what happened here and how this got infiltrated and what happened. People, it's almost like the technology murder mystery. It's all, it's kind of weird, <laughs> right? It's sort of like that. So and there's lots of different styles. And, the, and of course, there are these like people who are trying to run like almost like an interview show host thing. And there's even what, like in the AI world, we have Lex Friedman, which is kind of like that. It's almost like this talk show mm-hmm. host thing. But then they kind of, you kind of start getting into esoteric topics because in order for that to be of interest, they have a very large audience that they're trying to appeal to. So the topics have to be of, of a broad interest. So yeah, think about, think about your story, think about your audience, think about sort of like what the purpose is and it, it mm-hmm. kind of hopefully all will come, come together. Yep. And then one other piece of advice too, is be yourself on the podcast. So, you know, if there's podcasts that you like, you can try and emulate them. Maybe if, you know, they have guests or they have an interview style that you like, but really at the end of the day, just be yourself on the podcast and that will shine through and the listeners will listen because they can understand and hear that you're genuine. That's fantastic. Thank you very much. Noted all those tips. <laughs> but, uh, you know, speaking of planning in advance, you know, the, the, the next uh, podcast after this one, uh, when we uh, when it goes live, is uh, we, we have um, a fantastic podcast with a researcher who's uh, looking at, uh, you know, ways conversational AI can help us be better people, um, you know, by uh, looking for responses to abuse that discourage it, uh, you know, and um, and how conversational you know, voice agents can help us build moral characters. So, uh, so we're really looking forward to that one. And I hope you guys are too. Um, another thing to uh, flag up is that Albert King, uh, Chief Data Officer for uh, Scotland, who you guys interviewed um, for your podcast, uh, he will also be appearing in your AI and government um, event in December. Uh, I don't know if you want to just uh, do a quick thing about what that's about and any details. Sure. So our AI and government event has been going on since 2019. It started actually in person. And now we have uh, back in March of 2020, switched it to virtual. And it's been incredible. We've been able to really expand our audience and our speakers as well. So before we were based in the Washington DC region of the US. So our speakers needed to be somewhere in that vicinity, whether they were traveling in or uh, you know locally here. Since we've gone virtual, we've been able to get folks from all over the world. So we are so excited to have with us for our December event, Albert King, as you mentioned. If you'd like to register, it's free to register and free to attend. Just go to AIingovernment.com and you can uh, find the event there and register. And we'd love to have your listeners come and participate. That's fantastic. Well, that leaves me to say thank you, a very big thank you to uh, you and Ron, Kathleen. Um, thank you so much for joining us today. It was lovely to hear your insights on this. And uh, yeah, no, I don't know if Will wants to add anything. Yeah, just thank you very much. That was a really, really nice podcast. And I really enjoyed enjoyed the conversation greatly. So thank you both. And looking forward to the event in December. Yeah, thank you. We had a great time as well. Thank you for thank having you. us. Have a good day. Hopefully your listeners found some great content here and we are thrilled. What we will be doing on our podcast is sharing the episode that, that we're going to be on here. So we'll link to this podcast episode and we'll have vice versa as well. Fantastic. Great. Thank you very much, guys. Have a great day. Thank you.